Hello, hello, hello. Welcome to the ShyCast. My name is Nikki Tanti, and this is going to be a bit of a different episode called Tanti's Corner. And uh, the topic today is going to be the real NBA versus the fake NBA and why this season made me love basketball again. But let's get started. The first reason I really like this season is because the Chicago Bulls have decided to start winning again. Um, which is awesome because, you know, with the addition of Vucevic, we now have Zooch, which is Zach and Vucevic into one word. I love that little, the Zooch, it kind of sounds like Gooch, it's kind of funny. But it's the possibility of a big three in Chicago. And I really believe that we're going to get some really cool free agents coming up. And, you know, overall, I think that Arturis has seen the season and seen the players that are not as good and also very good at the same time. Ones that we need to keep, ones that are kind of keeping our offense and our defense intact. And I'm hoping that they keep Tice. I'm hoping that they keep Thad. I'm hoping that they keep Kobe just to develop him for the rest of his contract and see where he goes. He could either become off the bench or on the court, kind of like a Cameron Payne kind of thing where he just comes in and scores a few. Um, but I really hope that we get that point guard or that person that is going to push us over the edge a little bit. Patrick Williams developed well, but anybody else that I haven't mentioned is most likely going to bite the dust. And it's good that we are ready to have some players bite the dust. I think it's the beginning of the end of the Garpax era. So I'm really happy to have something like that happen because I think the Bulls with the way that the East is looking, can probably contend within it. If we're just able to get that third player and get a winning culture around it, then it's gonna be great. But let's get to the real task at hand, which is the real NBA versus the fake NBA. Now this sounds kind of crazy at first. You're like, what do you mean real NBA, fake NBA? Is this like some weird Illuminati uh, basketball kind of thing? And I like to say almost yes, but honestly, no. I like to think that the real NBA is the Phoenix Suns, the Denver Nuggets, the uh, Trailblazers, the Jazz, the Bucks, and the 76ers. And I'm going to go through each team individually and kind of tell you why I believe these teams are the real ones. Because overall, all of them play really great defense. All of them have their own unique offense. They all have all-stars on them and they also have a winning culture in mind and they play as a team they're not super teams some of them you can consider super teams but a lot of this stuff was kind of homegrown or through trades or through kind of the natural feel and the growth of the industry and the growth of the team so i'm going to start with the suns one of my favorites in the playoffs right now um you have cp3 you have Booker and Aiton. I think that's eventually going to be a big three. I think Aiton's going to develop into something very soon, especially if he's getting those passes from CP3. And I think he is only the product of his environment, meaning that he is going to get, if he gets the right pass in the right angle where he is, then he's going to score. But that's how a lot of centers are. I think that with Shaq, he had to get... The, into the right angle and uh, David Robinson and all those guys, they all had a point guard or someone that could dish it to him at the right time. And I believe that Booker is not the right person to that. He's more of a, a shoot and kind of, you know, create his own shots kind of ISO guy. Um, but Aiton needs that other person. And they also have a lot of 
great role players around him. Jay Crowder uh, is one to mention. He really does some lockdown defense. And he, you know, if he's really having a good game, then he could really give you that win all by himself. Um, they also play defense. And they could switch between old school and new school basketball. And the way that I say that is they're not afraid of the mid-range. They're not afraid to attack the basket when they really need to. And new school basketball, meaning that they kind of pace and space that floor and shoot threes and have, you know, kickouts and stuff like that. And sometimes they'll just come in and get 12 points because they get like four threes in a row or something like that which is awesome. And that's what I really, really like about the squad is that they're able to turn on the old school when they're playing too much new school defense and they're able to put the new school on when they're playing too much old school defense. Um, also, every player understands their role and they have a winning culture around it. Like I said before, that is a big thing. They are like championship or bust. As much as we're not in a big market, as much as we're not getting all of that attention, we are going to push forward into trying to get there and kind of prove everybody wrong. That's the cool thing about these teams. They all have something to prove. But let's get to the Nuggets. Even though they've been, unfortunately, kicked out by the team that I was just talking about, the Phoenix Suns, um, they got Jokic and Murray, and they also added Aaron Gordon as well. Um, Jokic is the MVP, if you haven't heard, obviously. He is uh, unfortunately out, but there's something about Jokic that is so interesting. You know, he's the joker. He's doing, he's playing tricks on people when he is playing basketball. He could also get really intense and he could become that big man if he wants to. And he could also pop a three in your face. It's absolutely amazing what he can do. But I believe he couldn't get really far because he doesn't, you know, if it's all on him, then what's going to happen is he is going to get overwhelmed. And then everybody's going to start crashing on him and anybody he kicks it out to isn't really helping even though they do have some great role players that are starting to shine um unfortunately it's just not great when they can't have it all happen through jokic so it's good that murray's on that team i believe murray is a very similar player i don't like to compare things as much as i like to um but i think he's really much like donovan mitchell and he's got this thing where he could attack the basket and make it no matter what kind of Kyrie style. And he has also got a great shot. And he's also somewhat of a facilitator as well. And he kind of takes that, you know, when Jokic gets a little off, then he starts kind of coming in and wrecking things as well. And now they got Aaron Gordon. So that's another person that if they leave that guy open, if he's got the mid-range shot or he's got that, you know, that two-step to a dunk or to a layup or to kick it out to someone, um, now it's kind of this big three. I don't consider Aaron Gordon like an all-star or anything, but I definitely consider him somebody that could find the role on the team and go. Uh, they also got Michael Porter Jr., who seems to be developing into exactly what people didn't think he would be developing into, which is probably a possible all-star in the uh, in this whole entire thing. And I believe that their bench is somewhat okay. I think if they can get a really good six man next year, find somebody that really wants to come off the bench, like a Jordan Clarkson who could kind of light it up and give that bench that little extra edge, I think that the Nuggets are going to make that chip next year. I really believe that they're going to make it to the championship, maybe lose, maybe win, maybe get to that conference finals again. And they're a dangerous team, you know, just as much as the Suns are. Um, I think the Nuggets are in that same breath. Um, also, they got the Blazers. You know, I believe the Blazers just have Damian Lillard, <laughs> unfortunately. But that's going to bring us back to our my first point that I have is that, you know, I think that he's going to go to the Bulls next season. But here's why. I think that 
overall, he is just that super clutch person. And he's kind of this headstrong person that's going to run the locker room, that's going to tell people what to do and get in certain spots and move out of the way. It's my turn. Like, I think that the Bulls need somebody like that because Zach Levine is that person when he has already been hot the entire game. Dame can turn it on at any point. You know, when it's Dame time, then the strike dings, the, the clock dings or whatever you want to call it. He's going to make that shot. I mean, it's also fun to watch someone besides Steph light up a game like he does. Like he is infectious. And I think that the Bulls are the perfect team for him. And here is why. One, Chicago is a huge market for basketball. If he wants to kind of get his name out there and get his, I think the Bulls could easily clear out kind of some cap space and try to bring him in in some way um, if we really want him. If anything, you know, now he has Vucevic to pass to. Now he has Zach Levine to pass to. Now when he gets off the court, you know, Kobe White can come in and kind of keep that uh, that energy up. And I think he's absolutely perfect for that team. I don't know where else he would go that he would fit. But I think that the Bulls need that point guard, that person that's just going to run it, the person that's going to facilitate. Because, you know, as much as he is a shooter and he is, you know, lights out, he can pass the ball when he really wants to. That's why, you know, CJ McCollum has become as good as he has and all the other players on that team, even Carmelo Anthony is getting a little better because of Dame. So when you have someone like that, I really believe it's going to happen. I believe he's going to get traded. I believe there's going to be a coaching change and he's just going to he's just going to run out and go right to the Bulls. Also, he's got Billy Donovan over there. I think that he could uh, definitely um, be good friends with uh, the coach there. Um, but let's get to the Jazz, the one that I believe will be making it to the championship this year. Gobert and Mitchell. Um, absolutely amazing. You know, those two guys are killing the NBA. People are afraid of them. Um, but the cool thing about the Jazz, and they've always kind of been like this, they make you work for it. They have a defensive force. They don't want the accolades, but they just want to be feared. And the bench keeps the energy up. They have a championship team. Um, I believe that they could probably have one more piece, you know, even like Michael Conley and his veteran years has bring a lot of wisdom to the team. But I think they need someone to be a defensive force just like Gobert does. And I think after this year, they'll be able to sign one of those free agents. I don't think it's going to be one of those L.A. free agents, as I like to call them, where they just kind of join a team in a warm area like a Miami or uh, the Suns or anywhere, any of the five fucking <laughs> teams that are in L.A. right now. Like, I think that they're going to try to find somebody that doesn't really care about that stuff and just cares about playing defense and can keep it up because I don't think the backup that they have is doing it at all. I, I, you know, every time he's in the game, I can't remember his name. I think it's Favors. Favors is just not doing it. When Gobert leaves the game, the other team scores points. So, you know, that middle area isn't good. And they have a lot of great perimeter D. It's just that if you get past perimeter D, you're going to have to meet Gobert at the rim and it's very rare that you're going to do that because he's a three-time defensive champ. Also, shout out to him. Up next, we have the Bucks, Giannis and Middleton. Um, that is a great duo. And they also have a lot of people to kick it out to, but they also don't have the right people because unfortunately, they're in a small market and they're all they're going to get is small market people. They also got, um, not John Morant, uh, Drew Holiday. <laughs> they also have Drew Holiday on that team as well. That's also like what I consider their big three of that team. But it just seems like they are missing that bench. They are missing that thing. I don't think Pat Connaughton or Dante DiVincenzo is going to take you to a championship. I think that after this year, 
either it's going to separate or they're really going to have to consider trading some pieces to get a better bench, to get people that are just like head down, small market, let's make this happen. And they play defense against some of the best because that's what they really need. Um, but I think that they could break the NBA. I think that Giannis is one of those people that's going to bring back a lot of that basketball, like attacking the basket kind of things. And I also think they also have something to prove. I think that they're going to be a team that if they don't make a championship, it's it's going to be kind of sad because I kind of want them to win. It'd be kind of cool to see that. Also, uh, you know, I'm a big fan of Wisconsin. I'm pretty close as far as statehood goes. So I'm definitely always uh, rooting for those Wisconsin teams in the back of my head. Uh, except the Packers. Um, but let's get on to the 76ers. Joel Embiid and Ben Simmons, and you got Tobias Harris as well. Might as well throw him up there. Um, the thing about the Sixers is they love making you pissed off. Um, they're going to win a chip once they embrace who they must become, and I believe that's going to be the bad boy Pistons. I think that they are going to really, you know, I think once they kind of just like start throwing elbows and start getting in people's faces then that's going to throw everybody off in the league because there isn't a team that does that. And the 76ers have the two people like Ben Simmons and Joel Embiid that could really make it. I really wish they kept Jimmy Butler. If they kept Jimmy Butler, that would have been great. But now that they have Doc Rivers and they have, you know, the team that they have, I think they just need some, some you know, some bums, some guys that are just going to go in there and just mess people up just start fighting and getting out there I, I think that they should embrace what they really can become which is the bad boy pistons but let's talk about the fake nba not to discount these players or teams or their greatness it's just a fact that they might need to reconsider how to win moving forward because i believe that the super team is starting to die um what you're starting to realize is that when the super team has an injury then they don't win anymore um, because everything is going off that one player and they don't really know how else to play. They also get these big names on their team for marketing reasons, of course, and it's easier to land a bigger person when you are a bigger market um, instead of you know grabbing the players that might actually be a small name, but they are going to give you more. They're going to take you there. They're going to, you know, since they're in a big market, they want to show who they are um, instead of just drafting them and hoping that they develop, I think they should kind of pick a little bit more from the free agent pool or try to make some trades for people that are going to suit their team instead of sell their team. But let's start with the Warriors. I believe this is part of the fake NBA. Um, you know, Steph Curry, Clay, and Draymond. Now, I actually like the fact that they are back to brass tacks. You know, this is a homegrown team. It's not like they were, uh, you know, they traded for Clay or Draymond or Steph these people were most likely drafted there. So why is that attractive to me? Well, once they threw KD on the team, they became a super team. Before that, I actually really liked the Warriors, but they've also ruined the league a little bit, you know, shooting threes, faking for fouls, uh, a part of the super team uh, DNA, and they're not playing defense um, as much as they should uh, from this team. But I believe next year they're going to be a force to be reckoned with. I think they're kind of the bridge between the fake NBA and the real NBA. I think that they're going to be bringing in um, a lot more role players. And I think there's, I think they're one of the, the very few teams that understand that sometimes Andre Iguodala is someone that you really need on your team. Someone that's just going to play defense and be there and get blocks and rebounds and stuff like that. I think they're starting to embrace the fact that 
you know, they are a homegrown team. They're not a super team anymore. They don't have KD, and I think it's time for them to get back to brass tacks. But it's good also to see them understand what they did to other people when they were on top. I think it's good to see that they didn't make the playoffs this year. I think it's going to make them a lot more humble, but I think they got another three years out of those two guys. And then after that, it's just going to be this weird contract thing. Like, you're not as good as you used to be. You know, how much are we going to pay you? Uh, And then people are going to start either leaving or staying or traded or whatever it's going to be. But I think a lot, I think Steph Clay and Draymond are just going to be dynasty things. I don't think they're going to stay on there. Uh, But let's talk about the Lakers. LeBron and AD. Um, I don't think there's really anybody else on this team that I would really want on my team. But nothing makes me happier than watching the Lakers lose for the right reasons. Um, Again, their role players did not show up. Um, They have this kind of group of players on the team that I always wonder why they have them. Um, Kind of like the Bucks. It's kind of like, why do you guys have these people? It's because the Lakers kind of sucked for a few years and they got some people that they didn't really want. Um, You know, AD and LeBron's bodies are starting to show signs of the obvious. You know, if you have a body like AD... You know, the bigger they come, the harder they fall. And the more older you get, Father Time is undefeated. LeBron is starting to kind of deteriorate a little bit, which is great as a Bulls fan because he kicked our ass for years and it's about time that he started losing like we did. Um, And the Suns showed exactly how to beat them even without injuries, Uh, even when they were all playing together. It's better to have a nobody that's going to absolutely lay it on the line for you like a Cameron Payne than a somebody like Marcus Gasol, who's just going to shuffle up and down the court and almost throw up because he's <laughs> completely out of shape from what I could see. Um, but that's just my personal opinion. He's probably in great shape and he's probably in way better shape than I am. But overall, I think they have a lot of somebodies that used to be somebodies that are now nobodies, but they're not nobodies that are trying to be somebodies. They were already somebody, so now they're nobodies. They need nobodies. They need somebody that's just going to go in there and wreck it. Every time, Cameron Payne kind of type of person, a Jay Crowder kind of person, someone that's going to really bring them to the top because they said, oh, yeah, Montres Harrell, let's bring him in. He's the sixth man of the year. That sounds like a great selling point. Then he pooped the bed and rubbed it all over it. But speaking of that, let's get to the Nets. Harden, KD, and Kyrie. As much as I think they will win the chip this year just by default for having, you know, three all-stars um, and Blake Griffin and many more, I'm also sure that they won't because it doesn't seem to be working the way that I thought it was going. I thought it was just going to be this unstoppable force where they win by 50. Um, But it seems like injuries are starting to kind of take over Harden, KD, and Kyrie, which it should because they are all veterans. They've all been in the league for a long time and playing really hard. And everybody's trying to get at them. So, yeah, injuries are going to happen. But something is not right with the super team mentality. And it's like, what if all the stars get injured? (laughs) Because people are getting more injured now than they ever have. I mean, everybody got injured this year. It's absolutely ridiculous. You know, what if your team isn't used to playing good defense when all these players leave? Are the big names enough to win? And sometimes it isn't. At least with this team, they used to be kind of one of those teams that I would consider in the real NBA before they became the fake NBA where they just kind of grabbed a bunch of stars and started playing. Um, But they have a good bench. They have something that's there. But... Since they have Harden, KD, and Kyrie, they have to be the fake NBA. They have to be something that's just a selling point for New York or L.A. Um, Which brings me to my next point. The Clippers, Kawhi and PG. Um, Paul George, of course. Paul George. Uh, I lost respect for Kawhi after he left Toronto because he took a small market team to the chip and then didn't defend his title. 
Why? I would I mean, when you win a title, you have to go and defend it the next year. Sorry, respect loss. And you know it, and I'm just going to let you sit with that, Kawaii, because, like, seriously, dude, who cares that you wanted to go to LA? Defend the chip. Always defend the chip. Never leave after the chip. That is just weird. Unless you get traded or some crazy shit happens in the front office. Uh, don't leave. Um, and he left to a team that isn't playing well with him, uh, in my opinion. I think that, you know, overall, they're going to be fine. They're going to make it as far as they can, but they're not championship material. Um, as, as great as he has been lately, unfortunately, I believe he went down with an injury lately. Um, I'm sure he would have rather been with the Raptors squad that had all that chemistry in it than a team that they're just kind of amalgamating together. Like, yeah, let's just put Rondo in there. Let's put this guy and that guy and that guy. And this will this will sound good to the ears of the masses. No. And it's not working because the Warriors are out. The Lakers are out. The Nets are struggling against the Bucks right now. And the Clippers had to go to Game 7 with the Mavs. Also, the Mavs need to uh, build around Luka so they can become part of the real NBA. Not to say that they're thick anyway, they're just kind of like in the, the Providy franchise part of it. Um, but overall, that's what I have to say, is that I think the Bulls should get Damian Lillard. I think the Suns, Nuggets, Blazers, and Jazz, and Bucks, and 76ers are the real NBA, and they do it right. And it's starting to show that a lot of these teams, a lot of these teams like the Warriors, the, the Lakers, the Nets, the Clippers, they're starting to notice that, hey, if I just take out the three main guys or try to guard the people around them that get the extra points to get them to win, then it's over. And that's why the Lakers lost. That's why the Warriors couldn't make it through. And that's why the Nets might not make it through the series. And that's why the Clippers might not make it through the series as well is because it's all about chemistry. It's all about playing defense. It's all about having two-way players. It's all about having people that are going to die for the city instead of people that want to come to the city for vacation and sex. There's a big difference in the NBA, and I've kind of noticed that now. But I'm hoping that Chicago becomes a part of that real NBA. I hope they embrace that winning culture and get the right pe and keep the right people and get rid of the bad people like Denzel Valentine who are just making everything worse, shooting almost half-court shots in the middle of, like, the third quarter. Like, come on, man. So, if you're interested in this kind of talk, remember that we have some Twitter handles and some Instagram usernames to give you. We have at ShyCastPod, and we also have uh, ShyCastPod as well on Instagram, both the same kind of cadence, same spelling and everything. Also, I'm going to give you an opportunity here, ladies and gentlemen. We have a sponsor that has sponsored this podcast right here, the Tanties Corner, um, which is called Smooth My Balls. Smooth My Balls is the best manscaping shaver out there. I actually used it quite recently, and it did a pretty good job. I was very surprised. It's got a premium alloy blade, a USB charger. It is shower friendly. It also comes with the pube muncher, which actually is a, a kind of a mini vacuum that kind of sucks up all the hairs after, so you're not leaving things around your girlfriends mad at you. But speaking of girlfriends, I think what they are saying nowadays is that women prefer, prefer more of a clean man or or your partner of sorts, any partner of sorts is always going to like more of a clean uh, exterior. It's also a great size boost, it's a great confidence builder, and also you're not supposed to mix your face shaver with your downstairs. Trust me, it'll give you a rash, it's not a good thing. It's also a lot less tender to tender areas. So definitely check that out. If you guys want to get a 15% discount 
on this product, which I believe a lot of people need nowadays, uh, especially with it getting hot and everything out, the uh, the code is ShyCast. And definitely use that, and that will help us out and help us create content as we've been doing before. So thank you very much for listening to ShyCast. Please follow us on Twitter and Instagram at ShyCastPod. And the one and only uh, code is ShyCast for Smooth My Balls if you guys want to get the best shaver out there. Thank you for listening to Tanti's Corner, and have a great one. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.